Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into that. Can you stand to your feet and reading God's Word? We're going to jump into that. We're reading out Joshua chapter 1. Uh, so this past Sunday, uh, Pastor Bobby continued the uh, series of the gift of freedom. Um, come on, who enjoyed this past Sunday's message? Wasn't that awesome? Uh, and he talked about um, how to uh, walk in and how to uh, dominate the, the, the region and how to walk in obedience. And one of the things he touched on on Sunday was he talked about authority. And when he was talking about it, it really struck so, so deeply with me. And usually, you know, on, on Sundays if when the pastor's bringing the word, I, and if it strikes me deeply, I know, okay, that's what we're going to talk about on Wednesday. Because um, that's how our deeper services work, is that we go deeper on what was talked about on Sunday. So we're going to go deeper into the thought of walking in authority. Uh, but we're going to pick up in Joshua chapter 1, um, verse 1. And we're, we're just going to uh, go through it together. Uh, but it says this. Now this is uh, right um, after uh, the death of Moses takes place. And it says this, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, "Uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving, everybody say giving, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man, everybody say no man. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as as I with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that it is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Everybody say prosperous. And then you will have good success. Good success. Let me just say this. There's a such thing as bad success. You don't want that. You want good success. It's, it's one thing to be successful in the world, but it's a whole other thing to be successful in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has called us to do. He said it. He wants us to have good success. He says, verse 9, says, I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. And do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise if you know he is with you tonight. The title of the message is this, is walking in authority. Walking in 
authority. Let's pray over the message tonight together. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. We thank you, Father, for, God, making a way. God, let your will be done, Father, that we're here to be encouraged by your spirit. So, Father, we hand tonight over to you, God. Let your will be done in this house, Father. We thank you for all the for addictions, God, being broken tonight, God. We thank you, God, for, God, lies being broken, God, for purpose being realized, Father, for joy being found, God. We thank you for transformations, God. For Thank you, God, for, God, you being able to bring to life but was dead. We thank you, Father, for you, God, your power, God, interceding, God, on the inside of us and us stepping into with authority all the promises that you have for us. So we love you so much, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight, and y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. As y'all know or may not know, um, right now is a very exciting time for Haley and I. Um, we're expecting a baby girl soon, and we're excited, and I'm also very, you know, excited, okay? There's two types of excited, okay? I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's, a, it, it's just like a life-changing, you know, moment. We're going to have our first child, um, and we're excited for it. And, you know, I've been thinking of a lot, you know, I'm about to be a dad, and so I've been thinking about a lot of this, you know, uh, how much God has blessed us and been looking back at uh, you know, Haley and I are going to be married in three years uh, in February, uh, which a lot of you are like, hey, that's nothing. Okay, I know. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Uh, but I was looking back, and I was thinking about um, when Haley and I went on our uh, honeymoon trip, uh, and I was think thinking about the funny stories that took place. And Because when we went on our honeymoon, um, we were able to go to this uh, resort that our friends had a timeshare at. And so they gave us a really good deal, a really good deal. And so we were able to go to... Cancun for a week, and uh, when we first pulled up, the place was really nice, and when we first pulled up um, and we went into a lobby, the people working in the lobby uh, wanted us to give up our room because we apparently we had like a bigger room, and they said, hey, if you give up your bigger room, we'll give you a smaller room, uh, but, uh, but then we also give you like $200 hotel credit or whatever they said, um, and if you know me, you know I like to... Um, barter, and I like to, I like to, you know, get into, you know, uh, you know, a, a business mindset of, hey, okay, like, how far can we go with this? And so I said, you know what, $200, that's not, that won't, that's not enough. And we began to, like, you know, find, a, you know, a, a, a place in the middle, and soon, so what they actually did, they say, you know what, because at first I was like, look, a thousand dollar credit, then we're talking. That's how, like, I told them, you know, you, you shoot high first, and then you find somewhere in the middle. And so finally, we, we landed on, I think they said, like, we'll do $300 hotel credit. But then they said, we'll give you that, but then also we'll give you the VIP access uh, to the um, special uh, beaches. And um, they had, uh, like, this pool area. They said, we'll give you VIP access to all that um, if you accept the, the, the downgrade of the room. We said, okay, I'm sold. Um, and so that's what we did. And so we had this VIP access, which was really cool, and uh, we were able to uh, have an, an experience, like all these really cool things that we other, otherwise wouldn't have been able to without that access. And, but there was one thing that kept on, on bugging us is that, you know, we enjoyed everything, and, and the beach, 
um, side was, was nice, but it wasn't as nice as we thought it was going to be. You know, we were picturing like a picturesque, you know, no rocks, you know, no seaweed or anything like that. And there were some things, you know, and it was still beautiful, don't get me wrong. The water was clear, but uh, it wasn't as picturesque as I thought. And I remember us just thinking about, man, it would be cool if it was like there was no rocks here so we could go further, things like that. And, and so we're experiencing, you know, um, everything that, you know, that the resort had to offer. And it was the last uh, day that we were there, and we started to venture out into, like, all the places we haven't seen yet. And we're walking along the property line, and we get to this beach that's a VIP access beach. And we get to it, and it's almost like out of a movie. You went down this little, little trail, and it all of a sudden it opened up, and there was a postcard beach right in front of us. White sands, perfect, nothing, no no seaweed or rocks, and there was only maybe like a handful of people there because it was restricted to VIP access, the access that we had, but we were unaware that we could go out there. And I remember Haley and I were like, oh my gosh, we could be experiencing this every day or this whole time, but we weren't aware that, they, that we had access to this. Like, even though we had the authority, right, to have access to this VIP beach, because we were unaware of the fullness, I would say, of our authority, we didn't walk in all that we could have walked in that week. And if you kind of see what I'm trying to tie in is that I think there's many things that we have access to authority rise, but because we're unaware or just don't even familiar with it enough that we don't know how much we can truly walk in when it comes to authority that Jesus has given us, the power that he has given us, the the, the peace that he has given us, because I think that the number one key that you and I have in this world that separates us from everybody else is the power of Jesus Christ that's on the inside of us. Because if we don't walk in that power and that authority, how are we going to differentiate ourselves from everybody else? But the number one thing that's supposed to be a stark difference between us and the world is that the world might have what they think is power, but we have the true power on the inside of us. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to have the awareness of that authority. Because let us not spend an entire life walking around thinking we're walking in authority until we get to heaven and realize what? There was more I could have done. There was more access I could have walked into. There was, there was more authority I could have exercised. I wish I would have known that entire time I was on earth. Let, let's not be that, those type of Christians. Let us exercise everything that God wants us to exercise while we're breathing the, the air that God has given us here on earth. Amen? And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is that how can we activate the authority? Everybody say authority. How can we activate the authority and walk in every purpose and promise that God has for us? So we're going to jump back into Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 1. And we're going to look at it together. And it says this. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant. Everybody say servant. The servant of the Lord, it came to pass uh, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So Moses, he was the leader who led uh, Israel out of Egypt. He led them by the power of God. He led them out of slavery in Egypt. He led them out of the bondage they were in um, at Egypt. For 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt. And and Moses led them out. 
See, Moses was a foreshadowing, was, well, you can say a type of Jesus foreshadowing what Jesus would walk in uh, for us, for you and I. You see, Moses led them out of the bondage of Egypt, but Jesus leads us out, out of the bondage of sin. Moses led the people through the Red Sea, and the Red Sea washed away the Egyptian army. Jesus leads us through his blood that washes away all of our unrighteousness. And so there's a parallel. There's a, there's a foreshadow. Moses was a type of Jesus because, see, Jesus, in the same way, we were all in bondage to sin before Jesus came to lead us out of that sin. We were all enslaved, enslaved to addiction. We were all enslaved to the flesh. But it took Jesus to lead us out. But see, that's the type of, G, of God we serve is that we serve a God that can break us out of any struggle that we have. You name the struggle, Jesus can break the chains through that struggle. You have a struggle with addiction, Jesus can break the chains of addiction. You have a struggle with insecurity and depression, Jesus can cure your insecurity and depression. You have a struggle uh, with your identity, Jesus can give you your true identity and make you step up in the purposes and promises that he has for your life. Who's thankful we serve a God that can lead us out of any struggle that we find ourselves in? So Moses was a foreshadowing of Jesus. And it says that in verse 2, it says, and this is God speaking. you got to remember this. God speaking to Moses. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. God just kind of dropped on him. Hey, look, Moses is dead. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving. Everybody say giving. To the land that I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So you can almost see right there the baton of servanthood being passed from Moses to Joshua. From Moses, uh, the, the one who led him out of Egypt, and then he passed it to Joshua, the one who was going to lead him into the promised land. Which shows me a number of things. Because it's, first of all, it says that Joshua is Moses' assistant. Showing me that before you can ever uh, walk into an assignment, you need, first need to walk as an assistant for a little bit. That before you can ever lead as a manager, you first need to be a salesperson on the floor for a little bit, right? That if you expect God to kind of elevate you there without you going through the process, we're mistaken. But see, before we can walk in things that God has called us to walk, we got to go through serving and go through assistant, being assistant to somebody. Because if you're too small to serve or too big to serve, you're too small to lead. If you think that serving is beneath you, then leadership is above what you are capable of doing. We have to know that we are here to serve. Jesus said that the greatest title is a servant. That if you want to be the the, the biggest in the kingdom, then be the smallest of the servants. Then be able to willing to serve one another because the first will be last and the last will be first. Secondly, that shows me God's plan and God's always knowing in the future. Nothing, nothing surprises God. Because see, Moses died, but God already had Joshua in mind. That's why it's so important for us to raise the next generation. 
That is why it's so important for us to know that we need to leave a legacy behind that somebody else can carry. Because we always got to focus on the next generation. That God's plan isn't just limited to the lifetime of one man. That God's plan for you and I, there's some promises that God has put on your life that, that you won't see until your grandchildren arrive on this earth. There's some purposes that God put on your life that you won't see until your children fully step into it. But that's the genius of God is that he's not contained by one man's lifetime. He's not contained by one person's life, life range. No, he goes beyond that. God is thinking about things 200 years from now and saying, I'm going to use you so that way you could raise the next generation. And so what, that way they can step into the things that I have called them to do. That's why it's so important for us to raise up the next generation. That's why I love what we do here at Riverside Church. We are focused on the next generation. We are focused on the children, on the youth, on the YA, and we go above and beyond. We have Riverside Academy. Come on, give Riverside Academy a hand clap. We are instilling Christian values and direction because we believe this is that if there should be an organization that leads the education, that should be the church. That we should be able to know, hey, because if you go to schools nowadays, there's all kinds of crazy things being taught. But we say, why don't we raise up a, a, a solution and say, let's put Jesus at the middle of it and let's have our next generation be raised in an environment that says, as long as you keep Jesus in the forefront of your mind, you will have the direction for your life. That's why we have Riverside Academy, and also we're instilling Riverside College. Come put your hands together, Riverside College, that's being instilled. And Riverside College is going to be a, another pathway to educate and to train and to bring up the next generation because we are focused on not leaving uh, a legacy behind that nobody else can carry. We want to raise up the next generation so that way they can do things even more than what we did. Why? Because we want to make sure that the baton doesn't, doesn't end with us. If Moses wouldn't have poured into Joshua all those years, they would have never gotten into the promised land. But because Moses poured into Joshua, he was able to carry the baton into the next. And now, because of the next generation, they were in the promised land. Come on, if you're ready to raise up a next generation, give Jesus a shout of praise because he's the one who leads it. Jesus leads us in that way. So God's next after Moses was Joshua. And Joshua would lead the children of Israel into the promised land. See, Joshua was finishing what Moses started. Because Moses led him out, but Moses didn't lead him into the next. Moses led him out of the old, but Moses didn't lead them into the new. Joshua picked up where Moses left off, and he led them into the promised land. So just how Moses was a foreshadowing of Jesus, Joshua was a foreshadowing of Jesus as well for a number of things. First of all, Joshua, translated in Hebrew, literally means Jesus. Joshua, Jesus is a Greek word that we get it from, but in Hebrew, it was Joshua or Yeshua. I love that we were seeing that song, not sorry, it was Yeshua, because that is the name of Jesus in Hebrew. So if you read the Bible in a Hebrew text, it will say Yeshua of Nazareth, Yeshua Christ, it will be Yeshua, and Jesus is just the Greek translation. So 
when you see the word Joshua, that was Hebrew for the word Jesus. And so not only was Joshua foreshadowing of Jesus, but he took on the same name of our Messiah. So he was a foreshadowing of him to come. He was literally a translation. And the name Joshua, Yeshua, means God's salvation and God's deliverance. And so Joshua, he had that mandate on his life was to lead the Israelites out of the old and into the new. He had that mandate to lead them out of the wilderness and into the new promised land. That's a foreshadowing of Jesus, is that Jesus will lead us into the new. Jesus will lead us into what's next. Jesus will lead us into the promised land. Jesus will lead us into the purposes that he has for us. Jesus won't leave you behind in the wilderness. We don't serve a God who will say, hey, I'm just going to get you out of addiction but not lead you into your next lifestyle. No, he's going to bring you into the next. He's going to fill up that hole on the inside. He's not just going to cure us, but he's also going to direct us. That's the power of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's done unto us. But here's what I want us to catch is that Moses could only lead them out of Egypt. But Joshua could only lead them into the promised land. And here is where Jesus, this is what, Je- what makes Jesus God. Is that not only can Jesus break the chains, but he can also bring you into the promise. Not only can Jesus bring you out of the old, but he can also bring you into the new. See, Moses was only able to bring him out of the old, but he wasn't able to bring him in the new. And Joshua was only able to bring him in the new. He, he wasn't even yet being able to bring him out of the old. But Jesus was the fulfillment of both because he can bring us out of the old, but he can also bring us into the new. He can bring us out of an old addiction, but then he can bring us into a new lifestyle. Jesus can bring us out of a out of a dead mindset, but then he can also bring us into a new revelation. Come on, who's thankful that we serve a God that can bring us out of the old and he can bring us into the new, that Jesus takes us full circle. There is no spot, there is no area where Jesus can't fulfill. He's the fulfillment of it all. He truly is the Messiah. There is nothing that he leaves. There's nothing that he doesn't accomplish on the inside of us. He brings us the whole full circle. He brings us out of hell, and he gets us to heaven all by the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. So as we continue at verse 3, uh, um, Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, every place. Say, say every place. It says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And then God begins to do something. God begins to describe the promised land of what the region of what they would take. He says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, which is the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards going down of the sun shall be your, everybody say your, shall be your territory. He said, all of that, all of what I just described shall be your territory. And God was saying, I give you, the nation of Israel, the authority, someone say authority, the authority to take that territory. Now, you might be saying, well, this, why does God have that type of authority to take and to give? And to, why does God have that type of authority to, to tell somebody to take land from, from another people? Well, see, we serve a God who's the beginning and the end. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the creator of all things. So he has creative rights, meaning that everything you're looking at, 
God created. So if he created it, he can take and give as he pleases. And he has the authority. He's the only one who has the authority to do that. So when God gives you the authority to do something, know that there is no greater authority that can take that away. Know that there is no greater authority that can overstep that. No, when God gives you authority, that's the final seal of saying, look, there is nothing that can stand in my way because God gave me authority to take this land. So God begins to describe the land in which Israel has the authority to take, and he begins to describe this huge region of land. He said it goes from, since right in Scripture, it says if he goes from the, the great river, the river Euphrates, which goes into uh, modern-day Syria and, and Iraq, and he says all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, which is the uh, Mediterranean Sea, and towards down all the sun. He said he, he begins to describe this huge area. And if you, if you measure out that huge area that God describes, it's over 300,000 square miles of territory. And here's a picture just for you to see. This is what God described. When he said this is, the, this is the area that God described, this huge area, all that land, God said, Israel, you have the authority to take that land. But if you ever read your Bible, you're going to know that Israel never got that far. You will know that that's a large chunk of land. Why is Israel so small? Why is the region of Israel so small? And I ask myself that question because even at the height of King David, even at the height of King Solomon, the land that Israel took was only 30,000 square miles, a tenth of what was promised by God or a tenth of what God said, hey, you have authority to take that. Then it has me thinking, is that God's fault that they didn't get that whole section of land? Is, then who, but why, why, why didn't they take that whole section of land? Why, why did they settle for a tenth of what was promised? Why would they settle for something so small when they had the authority to take something so big? When they had the authority to take and step into so much more? I think it leads us back to what it says in verse 3. In verse 3, if we can throw it back up there, God said, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. But that's what the Israelites did. They never even walked that far. They walked to the amount that they thought they needed. They got comfortable and complacent. They set up the tents. They set up the towns and never went further ever again. Even, they, even though they had the authority. Even though they, 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 it says right here, God said, hey, look, if you just walk that far, I will give it to you. But they didn't walk in their authority. They settled for what's less. They settled for a fraction. They settled saying, you know what? This is good enough. You know what? I, I think this is, this is enough for me. And they settled for so much less than what was truly God's best. Point number one for tonight is this. God has given us the authority, but it's our job to walk in it. God has given you so much authority, but it's your job to walk in that authority. God has given us so many promises and purposes. Don't get too quiet on me now. God has given us so many things, but it's up to us to walk in it. It's up, up to us to take authority for it and say, you know what? God promised it, so I'm going to walk in it. God promised me joy, so I'm going to walk in joy. God, God promised me peace, so I'm going to walk in peace. If God promised me the authority to take it, I'm going to walk in it. 
Let's not settle for anything less. Don't settle for a tenth of what God promised you. No, I want to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ that says, I want all the things that God has promised me. I want to step in every territory that God has given me. I don't want to settle for anything less. You know the area where, or part of the region that God promised to Israel? You know what set up camp in that region that they didn't? Babylon set up their city in that region. And in scripture, if you read about Babylon, you know that's the most wickedest city and that God says it's literally there in rebellion to man. So because they didn't take authority, guess who did? The enemy went in and took what was rightfully theirs. Let us not leave any room for the enemy to take from us. Let us not leave any ground in the enemy to take from us. Let us not leave any peace for the enemy to take from us. Let us not leave anything for the enemy to take, not because they have the authority, but because we gave ours up. Not because the enemy has the authority to take it from us, because we're literally we don't have the, even the, the desire to walk in the authority that God has for us. We've got to walk in every part and place that God has for us with authority and say, enemy, you're not taking what is mine. Enemy, you're not taking a joy that is mine. Enemy, you're not taking my children. My children belongs to the Lord. You're not taking that authority from me. I'm going to walk in authority I'm called to walk in because I don't want a tenth of your blessing. I don't want a tenth of your peace. I want all the blessings. I want all the peace. I want all the fruit of the Spirit that has been given unto me. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise if you agree with that. See, that's what Luke 10, 19 says. It says this. It says, behold, I have given you the authority. Everybody say authority. authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions, which that is, that's the demons. That's any, anything that is conspiring against the, the, the work of the Lord. It said, over the serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Say, someone say, all the power. Over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus was saying this. If you just walk in your authority, they can't touch you. If you just walk in your authority, because our authority, again, it doesn't come from us. It comes from God. God gives us the authority, but we got to walk in that authority. God gives us the power, but we got to walk in it. we got to be obedient in it. And if we just walk in authority, there is no plan of the enemy that can stand against you. There is no demonic attack that can stand against you. There is no spirit that can stand against you. He said, walk in your authority, and all things have to bend a knee to that authority because that's the greatest authority in all the universe is the power of God. We just got to walk in that authority. We continue Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. So God is explaining all the things that he wants his children of Israel to do. And he's talking to Joshua specifically right here. He said, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper. Everybody say prosper wherever you go. He told Joshua, be very courageous and be bold. Walk in the authority I've given to you. Be courageous. Be bold. Don't be timid. Don't, don't be intimidated by any works of the enemy. No, be courageous and be bold. Trust the authority I've given you, and you will see the power be portrayed. So walk in your uh, identity. Walk in your authority. But he said, but don't be distracted by anything on your left or anything on your right. 
He said, if you just follow after me, you'll be prosperous. Everybody say prosperous. Prosperous, prosperous in all things. Because if you know about the history of Israel, you know that if they just kept their eyes on God, they were a prosperous nation. But as soon as they looked to the left and as soon as they looked to the right, that's when they found defeat. And it wasn't because of God. It was because they were going in a, in a direction that God didn't tell them to do. Even though they had their authority, had their identity, because they weren't walking in the path that God called them to walk, that was the only time they found defeat. Because I think as Christians, we can think, okay, now that I have Jesus, I have the power of Jesus on the inside of me, I can do whatever I want. Because now I have his authority. I can do this, I can do that, and I will have the authority to do it. I can go wherever plans that I want to make, and I will have the authority to do it. But it doesn't work that way. God will only give you the, the, the authority according to the plans that he has given you. God will not give you the authority to do your own plans. He will not say you can go wherever you want in the name of Jesus to do things in your own. No, he says, in my way, in my will, can you proclaim the name of Jesus and I will be there. Because that's how God works is that he only supplies his power according to his plans. He does not supply his power according to your plans. He will not uh, supply his authority according to your will and to your plans. His power only comes from his plans. That's point two for tonight. Is that only in God's plan will he supply his power. It's only when we follow after God's plan will he supply his power for us to walk in authority. God will not prosper us in any other way. God will not prosper us in our own will. God will not prosper us in our own plans. He will only prosper us in his plans. And how we can get confused is we think that if we are successful, then we must be prosperous. That, that's, that's, not, we gotta get the, that's not true. Because there's many things that we can succeed in and still be hurting in our soul. We could have a large amount of followers on Facebook, but yet feel as lonely ever in our lives. We could have as, as many accolades behind our name, yet feel as worthless ever. We could be as successful as the world says success looks like, but yet still struggle with addiction, yet still struggle with depression, yet still struggle with anxiety. But see, that's not prospering. That's just being successful. God says, I want you to prosper. He says, I'm not in the things that the world can give. The world can give money. The world, no, no. I'm, you will be prosperous in the things that only God can give. You will be prosperous in peace. You will be prosperous in joy. You will be prosperous in love because the world can't give those things. And only God can give those things. And so when God says, I will prosper you, he says that if you follow after me, I will make sure that your joy will be intact. If you follow after me, your identity will be intact. If you follow after me, the joy that you're searching for, you will find because in my plans, you will find my power. In my plans, you will find my peace. In my plans, you will find your soul prospering in the plans that God has for us. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise if you agree with that tonight. Continue with verse 8. It says this book of the law, and, he's, and he says this book of law shall not depart. Everybody say depart. Shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Everybody say prosperous. And then you will have good success. 
God told Joshua to meditate on the word day and night. Meditate on the word day and night, and then he will find good success. I believe that applies to every region, every part, every, every, everything that our lives are involved with. If you want to find good success, meditating the word day and night will make us find good success. If we want to have good success in our business, meditate on the word day and night. If you want to have good success in, in, in your marriage, meditate on the word day and night. You want to find good success in your family, meditate on the word day and night. I've seen that take place time and time again because the more that the word that we have on the inside of us, the more will the word come out of us. The more we fill ourselves up with the wisdom of God, the more the wisdom of God will come out of us. And the more that we are filled up with his spirit, the more his spirit will come out of us. And that's how we find good success. It would say less of the flesh and more of Jesus Christ. Less of the world and more of the word. Less of the things that are holding me back and more of the eternal things that only God can give. Because the more I'm filled up with that, the more that will come out of my mouth. The more I'm filled up with that, the more that I will speak. See, he says, fill yourself up with the word. And we know what John 1 says, that in the beginning was the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and his name is Jesus. And so when, they, when we meditate on the word, we are being filled up with more and more of Jesus. And when you fill up yourself with more of Jesus, you'll begin to speak more of Jesus. You begin to talk more of Jesus. You begin to speak life and not death. You begin to speak promises and, 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 and not things, be, things that are opposite of what God wants. We'll begin to speak things that will Fill us up with faith, not fill us up with fear. The more we fill ourselves up with that, we'll begin to speak in a certain way. See, it's impossible for us to walk in faith if all we do is speak fear. Look at the, again, the nation of Israel. When they were going through the wilderness, the number one thing that kept them in the wilderness was what was coming out of their mouth. When it came out of their mouth of complaining, when it came out of their mouth and saying, man, I wish we could go back to Egypt as slaves because at least we had, you know, every once in a while, you know, steak every once in a while. It's better than this. And they begin to complain. They begin to say, speak fear. And they begin to speak things opposite to what God said for their life. And because of that, they were got stuck in a wilderness that we're only supposed to spend. It says 11-day journey took them 40 years. Why? Because of what was coming out of their mouth. See, it's impossible for us to walk in identity if we talk with insecurity. It's impossible for us to walk in truth if all we are are speaking lies. We have to see what is coming out of our mouth if we're going to walk in the places that God wants us to go. Amen? Point number three for tonight is this, is that we need to walk in authority and we need to talk. Everybody say talk. Talk in authority. Not only do we need to walk in authority, but we need to talk in authority. I think the biggest things that's holding down our joy is what's coming out of our mouth. We're saying, God, why am I so upset all day? And then we don't realize that all we do is complain all day. We say, God, why is it that I just find myself depressed all day? We don't figure out that all we do is talk bad about ourselves all day. We have to remind ourselves that what comes out of our mouth is the power of life and death. That what comes out of our mouth can literally shift our atmosphere. That can be a powerful thing of good and a powerful thing of bad. 
that could be something that elevates our lives or something that totally tears down who we are is what comes out of our mouth. Because whatever comes out of our mouths, we are professing. Whatever comes out of our mouths, we are speaking and we are agreeing with. Whatever comes out of our mouth, it says that when we speak it, it has life and death in it. There's many things that we have put to death, not because of God, but because of what we were saying. God was speaking life to us, but we were speaking death about it. God was speaking, saying, hey, Israel, you're going to take all this land. You're going to do all these things. And the Israelites were saying, I just want to go back to Egypt. And they began to say all the things opposite of what God had formed. And because of that, they, had, they got so much more less of God's best. What comes out of our mouth is so important. That's why scripture says that no man can tame the tongue. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can tame it. And how do we do that? We fill ourselves up with more of Jesus. We say, God, I give you everything. God, I give you my mind. I, I give you every moment of my life. God, I want to be filled up with you so much that I'm not speaking like how everybody else speaks. Then I'm not talking like how everybody else talks. Do you know those people who are always seeing things from the best perspective possible? You know those people? Those people always have more peace, right? Those people are always saying, you know what? Good things happen to those people who see good things, even when things are bad. Good things happen to those people who are seeing, even when things are crazy, even when things aren't going according to plan, they are still speaking life. They are still speaking truth. They are still speaking, hey, as long as Jesus is on the throne, I'm not going to speak death. I'm not going to speak contrary. No, because when we are children of God, we're supposed to talk differently from everybody else. When we are children of God, not only are we supposed to walk a little differently, but we need to start talking a little differently. Let us not get caught up in all the drama that everybody else does. You can say, hey, you can talk that way, but I, I'm not going to talk that way because I know the power of my words. You can, you can talk bad about that person, but I'm not going to talk bad about that person. I'm going to speak life over that person. You can talk bad about this situation, but I'm not going to talk bad about this situation. I'm going to speak life over it. I'm going to prophesy to it. I'm going to begin to speak God's plan over it, and I'm going to watch God's best take place by the confession of our mouth. We have to talk in authority. Not only do we have to walk in authority, but we have to talk in authority. We have to speak God's promises over our problems. Let's stop looking at our problems and, and let's not continue to complain about them. Let's begin to speak and prophesy over our problems. Prophesy over those things and say, I see God's promises taking place. I see God's best taking place. Yeah, it might not look like it now, but I'm giving God praise like it is looking at like it right now. I'm beginning to speak over this situation. And Here's the thing, everything might not change around you, but everything will change on the inside of you. And how you see something will literally change how you perceive something and how you receive it in your life. And it will change. And before you know it, you're a whole lot happier person because you begin to talk differently, because you begin to speak differently, because you begin to speak what Jesus is telling you. So the greatest way for us to change our day is just to change our words. If you change your words, you will change your day. If you change how you talk about people, you will change how you look at people. See what you're saying. See what you're speaking and make sure it is intertwined with love and God's spirit. Because if we talk in authority, we're going to receive everything that has for us. If you agree with that, come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. You can stand to your feet. I'm, I'm closing tonight. I'm going to close with verse 9. So God is talking to Joshua and Many theologians believe that God was explaining this to Joshua because Joshua had insecurities and maybe he didn't feel qualified or, or correctly equipped. And 
I believe that, me, that we are all in that boat. Like there are things that God wants us to do that we don't feel qualified for. There are things that God is calling us to that we don't feel like we have the, the, the talent or the ability for. But let me tell you this. If you feel that way, get excited because that's God's will. God's will will always push you outside of your comfort zone. God's plan will always say, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I trust you anyways. God, I don't know how you're going to do all these things, but I trust that you're going to do it. Because this is pushing me outside of my comfort zone, and I feel like I'm lacking here. I don't feel like I'm good enough there, but God, you are greater than my insecurities. So I trust you, God. And so he's encouraging Joshua, saying, look, be courageous, be bold. Verse 9, he says, have I not commanded you? Saying, have I not already told you, Joshua? He says, be strong and of good courage. When God looks at us, all he says, look, be strong and be of good courage because I have given you the authority to take over anything and everything I have called you to do. I have given you the favor. I have given you the power. I have given you the anointing. I have given you everything that you need to be equipped with. So be of good courage and be strong and know that greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. He said the only God is the God of Israel, and you have the one true God. So go out there and act like you have the one true God. Go out there and begin to walk like you have the authority that I have given you. He says, have I not already commanded you? When I read that, I said, man, there's so many things that I know I should do, but I feel like I'm not adequate enough to do it. There's so many things saying, God, can I wait until I get stronger in this area? Or can I wait until I get better or, or get older or younger? Whatever your excuse is. God says, be strong and be courageous because I've given you authority to do it anyways. That's how God's will works. It's, it's not for us to rely on our talents. It's not for us to rely on our abilities. It's not for us to say, God, I'm glad you called me this way because this is my specialty. No. God said, God, you're calling me to do this. I have no chance at that. I'm terrible at this. But you know what? I trust you anyways. And when you walk that path... When you get to the end of it, you can't look back and say, man, I was good. You can't look back and say, man, I have all the talent. You can't look back and say, man, I'm, I'm so strong. You look back and say, I don't know how I did it, but that was all God. That wasn't me. To God be all the glory. To God be all the praise. Because that wasn't me. He said, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor to be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever, everybody say wherever, wherever you go. Come on, give Jesus a shot of praise tonight. He'll be with you wherever you go. God was telling them, hey, look, you don't have to be perfect. Hey, look, we all have shortcomings. We all have places where we fall short. But be of good heart because I will be with you wherever you go. God will not leave you behind. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know if you think you've missed uh, your mark. I don't know if you think that you feel like you've missed your promised land and you'll always be in the wilderness. But we serve a God that never leaves us behind. We serve a God that says, I'm going to be with you every step along the way. Even when you fail, I'm here to pick you up. Even when you don't meet your mark, I'm here to carry you into your next. I'm here to lead you into every promise that I have on your life. And the beautiful thing about the God we serve, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. 
It doesn't matter how far you've gone in the wrong direction. It doesn't matter how many things that you've done wrong. All it takes is this one decision to say, God, forgive me. God, I want to be back in your plan, back where you want me. And then one step in the right direction, and you're right back on track with what God has for your life. All the same promises are there. All the same authority is there. All the things that God has on your life is still there even after we make mistakes. But he's telling Joshua, you just have to follow after me. I want to close with this thought tonight. We walk in authority when we walk in obedience. We walk in authority when we walk in obedience. You want to know how to walk in authority? Just walk in obedience. Obey what God is telling you. O obey where God is leading you. Just obey God and you will have all the authority that you need. You don't have to game plan and get it all in your mind and figure it out. You don't have to say, well, how all these things work. No, just be obedient and God will supply the power. Be obedient to where he's leading you and God will give you the authority to step into every promise that he has for you. Because here's the thing about the promised land. It's that the promised land wasn't empty. It was occupied. There was all those Hittites and cellulites and parasites, all those ites. All in this promised land. But God said, I give you the authority to take that from them and walk in your promise. And it doesn't require anything special from you. It just requires all of me on the inside of you and for you to walk in obedience. You don't have to qualify for authority. You just have to be obedient to God's will in your life, and you have the authority that he has displayed on your life. What I want to do tonight is with every head bowed and eyes closed for us just to pray over this moment and just pray, say, God, if there's any place we're being disobedient, if there's any place, God, that we haven't fully given over to you, Father, we want to together begin to confess, begin to profess out of our mouths God's promises and goodness over our life. So we're going to do this together. So repeat after me. Say, Father, I commit every area of my life to you. I want to be obedient in every area. I don't want to miss out on any promises. I don't want to settle for anything less than your best. So God, give me the boldness Give me the courage to step out in obedience and walk in authority. And authority in my home. And the authority in the workplace. And authority in the schools. In all places. I want to walk in authority of Jesus Christ. Of the King of Kings. Of the Lord of lords i want to walk in authority of our lord jesus christ i want to walk in authority of the one who has all the authority i want to walk in authority of the only one who can give and take away of the only one who can break the bondage of the only one who can set me free i want to walk in authority of the only god that can lead me out of the old and into the new i want to walk in authority of the only one who can supply deliverance who can supply the promises who can supply all the things that I need. I want to walk in authority, not from man, not from politics, 
not from culture. I want to walk in authority from the Spirit of God in my life. I don't want to settle for a tenth of the promise. I don't want to settle for the tenth of my purpose. I want the whole thing that you have for me, God. I don't want to leave anything left when I go and leave this world. I want to walk in every place and space that your spirit has promised. I want to walk in every area that you have promised in my life, and I want to walk in authority. Come if you agree with that, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. Give him a shout like you know that his authority is all you need. And let's begin to give God praise tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit Riverside Church tx.com